You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Yo, I'm going to need you to write me a three-page paper on what it means to be a thug. But before that, let's get into the podcast. Now, today, I'm happy to bring on to the show my friend Bud Hennekes. Bud is a recent college graduate who's packed a ton of experience into his young life. And I can say young because I'm three months older than him. But he graduated at the same time I did, and he's lived in a ton of different places during his life, including Missouri, New York City, Shanghai, China, and most recently, Chile. Um, Bud is one of the best connectors and networkers I know, and I always see him on Twitter connecting people and making introductions and just doing a lot of really cool stuff, which is one of the reasons I really admire him. But more importantly, Bud is one of those people who knows what it takes to get what you want and is willing to go to those lengths. And in fact, in this interview, uh, you're going to hear one particular story about how he traveled over a thousand miles for a five minute interview. Just five minute conversation, which, by the way, he set up on Twitter and you learn how that interaction went on to him being able to get an amazing job that most college graduates would not think they'd be able to get out of college. Most people working at this place are definitely not straight out of college. So it's a really cool uh, story. I'm not going to spoil all the details. You'll have to listen for that. So um, to keep intro short, let's get into the interview. You can find the show notes for this interview, as always, by going to CIGpodcast.com. You'll find the podcast page there, and then you can scroll down and get the episode link for episode 20. I'll link to anything we mentioned in the interview there. You can also get in contact with Bud himself through the links on that page. By the way, this is the first podcast episode I've released since the redesign went live on College Info Geek. So I'm going to say it on air right now. Let me know what you think about the redesign. Uh, if you like it, if you think there's something I need to improve, hit me up on Twitter. I'm also always on there at Tom Frankly, or you can email me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I personally like the design a lot better than what we used to have, but I want to hear what you think. Anyway, you've got the show notes link. You've got the intro. Let's get into this interview. All right. <laughs> welcome to the show, bud. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, dude. So um, I think earlier I had thought that my friend Bobby Adamson had introduced us, but I, I must have met you before then on Twitter sometime. And it's just been awesome to see uh, just ever since you were in college, you were really making connections with so many people, really getting ahead of the game. And then uh, you you had that thing where you were hustling to get a job with VaynerMedia, which you got. And now you're in Chile. So you have an awesome story, some great experiences, and I would love to hear about them and share them with the listeners of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, I've been a big fan of yours, too. I, even though we haven't met in real life, uh, you've been a very good friend for the last three, four years on, in the online world, so I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, back to kind of early college days. Um, I actually just recently graduated from university back in May, so I haven't really been in the quote-unquote real world for that long, about a year now. No, dude, um, we're old men now. Yeah, we're old. We've made it. We've made it. It's all downhill it's like a from year. here. <laughs> no, Are you 23 yet? I am currently 22 still. Uh, when, my, when's your birthday? My birthday's in September. Okay, so I, wow, I'm a little older than you, but uh, my birthday's in June, and I'm, I'm so dreading it, dude. Like 23 is like when you're mid 20s. Like yeah, life's 23, over, man. 27. It's like mid. Like you're actually an adult. I mean, 22. There's still you're. 22 year old punk kid they make pop songs about 22 year old kids but 
slow march slow march to death anyway so yeah, no that's uh that's great um, so kind of kind of back to where um we were like in college i went to the university university of missouri and to be honest i was never really a fan of traditional academia um that was evident even during my high school years but mm-hmm. i always had the desire to learn or teach myself things um and so I kind of, throughout early college, I was blogging, um, carrying on a blog I started in high school called A Boundless World, um, where I was sharing just insights on travel, personal growth, um, issues I was dealing with personally, and that kind of thing. And late high school, early college, it was actually a a quite popular blog um, by several metrics online. So back in those days, I was getting around 30,000, 40,000 unique visitors a month which for some 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, that's pretty significant, right? But to be honest, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, so, Oh, dude, I, I just remembered it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I remember how I met you now. Uh, I was I was a huge fan of Joel Runyon, like Impossible HQ. You okay. probably can see that like currently my, my website's homepage has his logo on the shirt, so I'm basically advertising him at all times. <laughs> uh, but on his press page... There was a link to an article. It was like the eight most eligible bachelors in blogging or something like that. Oh, so I clicked through like some girl blogger had written it and you were on the list as like the young gun or something like that. Yeah, it's like Kristen and I can't remember. They did like all of us apparel. They're doing some really cool stuff with. uh, Yeah. Um, I was like, man, why am I not on that list? I'm I'm young. (laughs) And then I found (laughs) you on Twitter and followed you. And I was like, what's up, dude? So. Yeah, I just remembered it. So uh, keep going. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy. Like, I mean, Twitter, I've met probably a couple dozen people in real life from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just amazing. Always amazing. You know, like one tweet or one blog post, like solidified that interaction, which is just incredible. Um, but yeah, so early college, I wasn't really feeling it, but I kept writing and I was really into social media. Obviously, I had developed a pretty big Twitter following um, while blogging. So they kind of uh, coexisted. Um, so I, I started becoming not Twitter famous, but definitely had a, a decent following. And so I'd reach out to random people who are in Missouri or when I was on the West coast in San Francisco visiting family for coffee. I remember I had uh, coffee with Leo Balboda, um, from, or tea, sorry. I had tea with Leo Balboda from Zen habits um, oh, really? when I was Damn. about 18. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, um, it was funny, kind of a side story there. His daughter, who I believe is like 20, 21 right now, she actually read my blog and introed us to Leo. Really? Yeah, which was amazing because I had written a story about ending relationships and she had Googled like how to end a relationship or something insane like that. And then she's like, hey, you should meet my my dad. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be in San Francisco. So I actually went out with uh, to tea with Leo Balboda. And for those of you who don't know, he's one of the early bloggers, who one of the most successful bloggers in the world at one point. So, yeah, Zen Habits is huge. Was, was he kinda, was yeah. he still living in Guam at that point? Uh, no, this is right around the time he moved to San Francisco. So he took me to a nice tea shop, and we had these crazy discussions on peace, happiness, and it was just a fantastic time. But long story short, I, I'm just very fascinated with connecting with people from the online world into the real in real life. And so I'm hoping pretty soon, Thomas, we'll, uh, we'll be able to meet up and have a beer in real life. <laughs> That'd be so cool, man. If you could find a way to get out to World Domination Summit in Portland, uh, I'm going to be there. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take a trip down to Chile at some point. Yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to come. But kind of back to my story in terms of college. So 
probably sophomore year, I was uh, had been following this guy who I'm sure everyone knows here called Gary Vaynerchuk, really big into the wine world and kind of social media world as well. So I became just obsessed with what he was sharing. I really believed in his values and, and what he was doing in the marketing world. So I started thinking about post-college of what I wanted to do. And I felt social media would be a, a strong way to kind of demonstrate my skill level, expertise, that kind of thing. So I believe it was around sophomore year, I reached out to VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk and AJ Vaynerchuk's uh, social media agency. And I tried to intern with them. And for, I can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure I bombed the phone interview I got with them. I felt pretty bad about that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I remember I was just like, uh, like just stumbling words and by my own volition, it was pretty unimpressive. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately I didn't get an internship that summer. So I was like, oh, okay, like kind of defeated, but I didn't really want to give up. I really wanted to work for them because I knew they were doing great things. And so that, and that summer I ended up washing cars for one of my uncle's car dealerships and the following summer I tried again kind of same story. They were expanding a little fast, no internship, that kind of thing. So after striking out twice, I started to kind of doubt whether or not it was a viable career option for me, you know? Um, but at that point I still wasn't determined to get, uh, I was still wasn't uh, ready to give up. So I believe it was maybe six to nine months. I don't know the exact date, six to one, one second, Thomas, I'm going to cut out real quick. Okay. I'll I'll try to get back into it. Let me know. But uh, so I was unable to land an internship that summer. So I ended up doing door-to-door sales, which is a disaster. Another long story. My life is just full of interesting stories. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Mostly because of um, myself. But so it presented. So I was on Twitter one night back home in my house in Columbia, Missouri. And Gary Vaynerchuk was on Twitter and I had chatted with him before. We had kind of gone back and forth on Twitter. So we knew who each other were, was. And he tweets out, hey, I'm looking to barter um, for some Super Nintendo games for a side project of mine. Does anyone want to barter? Okay. And so right away, um, I, I remembered he had a wine business, um, family wine business. So... I was considering having just turned 21 to trade some Super Nintendo games for a nice bottle of wine. I thought that'd be pretty cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I look over and I see five Super Nintendo games in my living room collecting dust. I'm a big Super Nintendo game f- fan. I just hadn't played in a while. So I was like, oh, let's, let's get some wine out of this. And then for some reason, it just hit me. I was like, hey, like maybe I can get an interview with Gary, Gary himself. So I literally just sent out a tweet. I was like, hey, man, I have five Super Nintendo games. Um, how about I trade them for five minutes of your time? I'll fly out to New York, um, any weekend you choose for an interview. I want to work for you, you know? And honestly, I wasn't expecting much, you know, it was kind of just a hail Mary, this last kind of effort to, to work at VaynerMedia. And sure enough, he goes, Hey, yeah, it's good. Um, we'll set something up. So literally Dude, that's I such think, a ballsy move. Yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm still pretty impressed with that. Like it was very cool for me. Um, especially because academia wasn't my thing and I was very stressed with my next move career wise, you know, I didn't even know if I was going to have a job. So it turns out about three weeks later, I fly out and sure enough, Gary, true to his word, five minutes of his time. And we, we just really hit it off and, uh, really loved what he's doing at the company. So I 
I flew out for another round of interviews as well. So that was part of it. But um, I was offered a position as a community manager to start off right outside of school after I graduated. Man, that is so cool. And I remember following the whole thing on Twitter and like, it was awesome because, I mean, you were like, yeah, I'm totally prepared to fly all the way to New York City from Columbia, Missouri for a five minute meeting. Yeah. I, because and like, I, that's was, what I want. It was kind of crazy, right? Like five minutes. And luckily I had occurred some uh, miles, so it wasn't financially a huge burden for me. But mm-hmm. I mean, I literally showed up for a five, 10 minute interview and then flew back. Like it was, I wanted the job. And so I went out and got it, you know, and obviously a lot of things, luck played a lot of role in that, you know, but it kind of parallels. Cause I, I hear so many people our age who are just like, I want this, I want this. And sometimes you just have to be creative and you just have to go out and get it right. You don't need to be creepy or obviously take no for an answer, but there's so many ways to stand out these days, um, that, you really can get anything you want if, if you kind of approach it the right way, you know, and if it doesn't work out, there's always other opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and it's often just like a simple ask, you know, I mean like so many students think that you have to go through like the predefined channels, find the job postings on the school job board, go to the interview that they've already set up and just kind of show up and hope they give it to you without any sort of like solid ask. But I mean, you, you just said, Hey, can I have five minutes of your time? I'll give you some super Nintendo games. I'll fly out there but can I have five minutes of your time? Like that's not, that's not like a preset up channel and you figured out a way to get in front of him and it worked out for you, which is so awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of another side of the story is like, I kind of went all out for this one job. I mean, I didn't really have any other job uh, prospects outside of VaynerMedia. So one of the few things I did, and again, kind of just that mentality, and this isn't to toot my own horn. I, I think it's very valuable for just anyone who's looking to kind of stand out because as we know, the job market is still pretty difficult, but just as your website shows, like if you build a personal website and have like a legitimate, um, about page and all that kind of thing, like you instantly stand out above thousands of other people who aren't doing the most basic of things. So kind of just touching on our interview is I, I kind of felt really good about this interview, right? Just going in as like, yeah, he's giving you five minutes of his time. I think he kind of likes me, but I wasn't going to leave it to chance. Right. So there's mm-hmm. actually two things I did. Um, I actually learned these kind of techniques from Lumit Sethi, who kind of, I took one of his courses on how to find your dream job, how to interview properly, all that kind of thing. So I, I did some crazy research on VaynerMedia, and I discovered a few um, brands that Gary and AJ wanted to potentially work with in the future. I think Gary tweeted a uh, Instagram photo of, he's like saying, oh, these brands, we're going we're gonna to work with these brands in the future. So what I actually did, and I didn't execute as well as I could have, but I think the effort there was important is I actually created a, a quick profile for five of the six of these brands on how to better their social media presence. Um, so I did a quick case study, including my resume, but a quick case study of like, Hey, we can improve the Facebook page this way. We can improve the Twitter page this way for the five or six brands that he wasn't even working with at the time, you know? And so when I walked into the interview, I just handed him this doc. I was like, this is how we get them, you know? And that felt really good to me because so many people just show up with a generic resume or that kind of thing. But again, instantly you're able to kind of stand out and then, yeah, definitely. So that was super helpful for me. And I'm determined had I maybe not done that, it may have not gone in so well. And then I also created a website, thankyouvaynermedia.com bought a domain, um, hosting, I can host as many sites as I want on my own website. Um, 
So literally just threw up, thank you, VaytonRemedia.com, threw up an, uh, a YouTube video with their logo around it, kind of personally thanking them for the interview, their five minutes of their time, both Gary and AJ, and then pass it along to them after I was done. So that, again, kind of just goes a little bit above the, the traditional thank you card or thank you email. Yeah, definitely. And see, I didn't I didn't know that you had done the the profiles for the brands. I didn't actually know about that one. But I remember you talking about wanting to build that entire like thank you website. And that just blew my mind. Like you always get told to like send a thank you note or send a thank you email. And like some students do it. And it's usually pretty nice when a student does that. But I mean, you just was like, I'm going to make a whole website. I'm going to make a video that really stands out. And it's crazy to like a lot of students will look at all these things that that um, career experts and people like me say to do to stand out, like, you know, build a personal website or in your case, do some work for the company you want to work for before they hire you. And they think that's probably not going to do that much. You know, it maybe it'll, it'll help me stand out just a little bit, but it really, really makes a difference because like nobody else does this kind of stuff. Um I told my girlfriend to, she wanted to work for a design agency in Minneapolis. And I was like, all right, what you should do is you should find someone who works there. Just send them an email saying you're a student who really likes their work and would like to meet for coffee just to get an idea of how they got into what they're doing and what their day-to-day life is like. She did it. She drove three hours up to Minneapolis, much like you flew to New York, (laughs) had coffee with them. Uh, It was, you know, it wasn't like asking for a job. It was just kind of just to get to know people, get to know what they do and, she when she came back she was like what they said was holy crap this girl has got her shit together because nobody else does that like nobody else does that and the same with you man like nobody else makes a thank you website or does the work for a company before it and it really paid off for you so i mean props to you that's that's what you got to do man yeah quick point there i mean like it's easy to say oh this guy's smart he knows how to build websites but to be honest i'm completely average in that sense i've just had that little mind switch of like how can I add value? You know, and I, I think that really helps you stand out. Like anyone could have done what I did. It, it doesn't take much effort or smarts to do that, you know, and that's it's it's just baffling to me why more people don't think like that. You know, and obviously I'm not the only one who's ever kind of been creative in their their interview, et cetera. But for those listening who are looking to kind of stand out, like just be creative. Like, how can you add value to your employer or whoever you're trying to work with? Um up front, you know, with no strings attached. I think if you do that, you'll, you'll be successful. Yeah, definitely. And you know, um, two things come to mind, like two barriers to doing this kind of stuff that, that, uh, stop students from pursuing them. I mean, one is just the effort factor and obviously you got to hustle. I mean, you've been saying that Gary's been saying that for years, just do it. But I think the other thing is a lot of students, fear that they're going to be rejected if they do this, if they kind of like step out of the normal path that they're going to be rejected or that like if you send an email off to some designer, they'll think you're just a lowly college kid and that you're bugging them or something like that. I mean, in reality, people are flattered when you reach out to them and want to hear what they do. Um, and often you're not going to get rejected. In fact, I was, I was reading a book this morning by Nick Winter. It's called The Motivation Hacker. And there's a chapter where he talks about something called rejection therapy. And uh, it's just him and his friends. They agreed to split up for an hour in the middle of the city. And um, they just each person would go ask random people just like something that they wanted, but they felt I would be rejected for like, hey, can I have a hug? Or hey, can I take a picture? Or, hey, can I try your shoes on? <laughs> and like after an hour, they came back and like, I think 
one guy had gotten like six people, let them try their shoes on. Uh, one guy had like asked for a coat just ironically. And the dude like gave him a coat. It was like a $150 <laughs> coat. Um, they like asked for a tour of the library and the librarian came out and like told him ghost stories about the library, like all this stuff. Like it's crazy what people are willing to do if you just ask for it. And like six times out of 10, you're probably not going to get rejected. And even if you do, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. So. I mean, that's fascinating. I think I, maybe there's a study as well, like on the subway in New York, I think 75% of the time, if you just ask, like, I need to sit there. Like if you say, I want to sit down, people will get up and give you your seat, you know, like just random things just by asking really sets you apart. Right. And obviously mm-hmm. there's tactics and ways to go about it. But again, I think just to reiterate the point, not to like shoot a dead horse. I don't even know if that's the phrase. <laughs> kick a dead horse. <laughs> kick, kick, kick a dead horse. I mean, just think of ways to stand out, you know, and obviously you're not always going to be successful, but you're still going to have that leg up on the people that don't ask, you know, and asking is a relatively simple thing to do. So there's no excuse not to do it. Have you heard of the, uh, the Xerox study? The Z- oh, the Xerox study. I believe so. Let, yeah. I, I'm wrong. All right, go I ahead. need to look up the source. I'll probably put it in the show notes, but, uh, they did a study where they, they would like wait for their, there would be to be a line in front of the Xerox machine and someone would say, can I uh, cut you in line? And, you know, a few of them did that. And then they experimented with the phrase because. So they would say, can I cut you in line because I'm in a hurry or because uh, my kid's late for kindergarten or something like that. And nine times out of 10 or something like that, a very high percentage of the time they would be able to cut. And then they experimented with just saying, can I cut you in line because I need to make some copies? So I need to make some copies. Like everyone's there to make copies. You're not, you're not special. You don't have a special reason. You're just there for the same reason. But, uh, they said the word because, and I don't know what it is about that word. It's like this magical word that just makes people say, Oh, okay. That seems perfectly reasonable. Psychology for the win, man. (laughs) It's like that. It's like that scene in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where Ford like convinces the foreman to lay in front of the bulldozer. So Arthur can go to the pub with him. (laughs) <laughs> people will i don't know people will go out of their way to try to help you out if you ask and i mean obviously you don't want to take advantage of people like that or try to be a social engineer but definitely get out there Absolutely. so uh so we've gotten through you know your high school to college blogging everything the awesome job you did getting the job at vayner media Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about with like your actual experience of VaynerMedia that you think would be useful? Yeah, to I mean, VaynerMedia, I was there for three months and I learned an incredible amount. I have nothing. They, I, I had some great coworkers and, and definitely grew from a professional level. Uh, but it wasn't quite the right fit I was looking for right outside of school. Um, and so I decided to kind of look for other opportunities there. Um, so I ended up joining a, another startup. I wanted to kind of get my feet wet with a startup, a little bit smaller company. Um, VaynerMedia was growing massively, which was awesome, but I'm definitely more of a person who kind of likes a more intimate, smaller team. So I mm. think that was one of the, not issues, but one of the things I was looking for in my next career opportunity. So I ended up joining a small startup of about six or seven people um, where we kind of... Um, helped brands partner with emerging technology, which was a, a topic and, and kind of niche that was really fascinating to me. So we kind of created a platform that helped big brands discover um, new mobile applications that can help them with campaigns, etc. So that was a very, very fun time for me. Um, but again, I kind of, that was, it's almost like Goldilocks, right? So VaynerMedia maybe have been a little bit too big. 
um, the startup I was at was maybe a little too small. And so I was kind of looking for that that middle ground. And that's kind of what I found where I am right now. So it's where we can jump into. But both my, my jobs out of school taught me a tremendous amount, both personally and professionally. Um, VaynerMedia specifically, uh, I learned a crazy amount on just best practices of social media and how brands operate. And it's really fun to kind of understand the brand side of social media as opposed to just a personal brand. Um, coming out of college, I, I felt that I had the personal brand of social media down pat, but I was very new to the idea of brands and how they use it effectively. So that was definitely a crash course in that. And just being around amazing people. VaynerMedia has very ambitious individuals. Um, so yeah, so VaynerMedia was great. Uh, the startup I worked at, I learned a lot as well. And kind of after being at the startup for six, seven months, I was kind of not really feeling the, the energy of New York, um, surprisingly. And so I was just kind of looking to change things up again. And so in a period of about 10 months, I was in two different jobs, both fantastic learning experiences, but I was still not 100% happy just with the location I was in and that kind of thing. So I was kind of back to the drawing board. And I actually ended up um, participating in a program called Exosphere, um, which we can kind of dive into real quick as well, um, which is located actually in Chile. So yes. <laughs> Man, it was so weird. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm coming to I'm coming to New York this summer. We should hang out. And then I see like your uh, your Twitter profile says Chile now, and I'm like, whoa. So yeah, let's hear about uh, what got you into that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still amazed at just my life. I mean, I'm always up for an adventure and that kind of thing. But so after I was not, I was looking for other opportunities outside of New York. I actually connected with uh, my friend Carlos, who I'd also met on Twitter. We had met up for in New York for brunch, that kind of thing. And he was working on a program called Exosphere, which is a entrepreneurial boot camp that kind of just crash course on marketing, coding, um, various introspection skills, um, the lean startup metho- methodology, all that kind of thing on just how to be an entrepreneur in your life, self-reliant, that kind of thing. And he was, the camp was beginning right around when I was leaving my, leaving the startup in New York. And so instantly I was very attracted to just kind of learning more about what I want to do, what I want to, um, like work on it project wise. So I was like, Hey Carlos, I'm, I'm down, you know? So we jumped on Skype and I was very fascinated with what they're doing with the program. Um, there's, I believe 30 to 40 attendees from all over the world that come together and we kind of just kind of work on ourselves and kind of figure out what we want to do with our lives, which in Chile with the the weather here, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, man, that's so awesome. So like, what are you specifically working on right now with your projects? Yeah, you're actually kind of like helping out with the actual Exosphere, like incubator kind of program itself, aren't you? Absolutely. So I've, I came as a participant, but I'm also kind of working on the side with the actual Exosphere team, just uh, marketing, that kind of thing. Uh, and so right now this is the fourth week, I believe of the camp. So this camp right now is, um, three months. So it will end, I believe June 12th. So right now we're wrapping up, I believe this is the fifth week maybe now. So the previous, uh, four or five weeks, we've been doing a lot of group exercises doing with coding. So we've kind of dived into coding, doing a lot of, um, self teaching with code Academy, that kind of thing 
building group apps. So some of the groups have built a, a bus app to help um, locals get around the, the community here in Chile. Others have done like a help support ticket app and another group did a Collectivo app, which Collectivo is a popular uh, program here in Latin America that mm -hmm. is like a kind of a ride share program. Um, so this app kind of just helped facilitate these, these ride shares, which okay. has been fantastic. We've also built sandcastles on the beach um, with kind of like an entrepreneurial flair. Um, so we were, we were separated into groups and we had to represent various technologies in sandcastle form. So some, some groups had Facebook, some people had Dropbox. And so we had to create sandcastles to represent these abstract ideas, which was pretty challenging and a lot of fun. I, I, I love building sandcastles. So um, yeah. we've, we've been learning a lot. We've had various group discussions and there's quite a community around here. There's people from all over the world. There's people who are into libertarianism, libertarianism, uh, Bitcoin, anarchism, like crazy, awesome people here. And I've, I've just been having a blast. And It's also been challenging from a personal level. There's been a lot of times where I'm just questioning like my thoughts and my values, which is obviously rewarding, but it's also challenging as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. Like the past, the past probably year has been like just a time of really like rethinking the things I believe and like learning a lot of new things. And it's just like my friend Dallas, I think I had a conversation with him when I was 20 and he was like, dude, between now and 25, you're like going to change everything you believe in, it's going to be nuts. And I'm like, that's not going to happen, but it is. And it's crazy. So you're doing some awesome stuff. And, uh, we got about, I think 10 minutes before we need to wrap up and I'm hopping on with your friend to talk. And I would love to just kind of like get your thoughts on like what it's like to live in New York and like Chile. Cause I know a lot of students, like they want to move to New York or they want to go travel to a new country and you've got the experience in both places. So, I mean, like, what's it like to go from Columbia, Missouri, Midwest, to the Big Apple, for one? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And I think it all just matches your personality type, right? Like, it depends if you're a city person or that kind of thing. But I think the best advice I can give is just give it a try, right? If you're contemplating moving from a smaller town to a big city, go for it, you know? Like, it's not going to kill you or anything like that. It might not be exactly what you're looking for, but don't hesitate to go live there, even if it's just for a few months. If you move to New York and it's not your cup of tea, which it wasn't mine, then you can figure it out from there, you know, but don't hesitate to, to try something out of fear that it's not going to work out. That's kind of the advice I'd give. As far as the city itself, New York's is super busy. There's a ton of people, but having talked with other people who live in New York, it's also kind of uh, paradoxical in the sense that you can feel pretty lonely there sometimes. So if you do end up moving to New York, my suggestion would be just create a very strong social network um, locally so that you're able to kind of lean on people when it does indeed get kind of lonely and tough because New York is obviously one of the most competitive and busy uh, cities in the world. So you definitely have to have that support system. Yeah, definitely. I, that's one of the big things I've heard about New York is, you know, everyone lives in this super compacted area and it can take a while to get from point A to point B. So you might meet someone at a coffee shop. They live like only a mile or two away from you, but that's like still kind of far in that dense of an area. So it can feel lonely if you don't make a lot of effort to make friends that are nearby that you can hang out with a good Absolutely. amount of time. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I mean, New York was one thing, and now you're in Chile. You know, you're not in like Santiago, and it was a smaller city, right? Yeah, so I'm actually in Vina del Mar, which is about, I believe, 90 minutes outside of Santiago, right on the beach. It's a little bit more calm compared to Santiago, um, but it's a fantastic location. Uh, the weather specifically, so I was moving out of New York around wintertime, so it's pretty cold. And here, the weather, I, I could not be happier. It's shorts and T-shirt weather pretty much every day, um, depending on who you ask. Some of, our South, <laughs> other South, some of the other South American participants think it's freezing, but I, I tend to differ uh, because I, was, I came from New York. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. So the beach is very close to our venue, um, and we have about 30 participants just hanging out. And I've been able to meet locals. Um, I actually was able to meet up with a few locals, just kind of understand how Chile works. But the country itself so far has been fantastic. I haven't had any issues that on that end. I've um, been eating some empanadas, which are delicious. I suggest everyone have a few of those in their life. Um, it's fantastic food, fantastic people. Yeah, I bet. So if you were to, like, flip the, flip the earth, like, on, like, upside down, <laughs> uh, where you are, like, how far north would that be? Like compared to New York, what it be like? So back to like how South I Carolina not, level or like what? Back to how I did not like geography. I I don't want to even attempt this because I will look very. Uh, Actually, you know what? I bought a globe like two days ago. <laughs> I'm gonna go get it right now. All right, uh, give me five seconds. <laughs> All right, yeah, dude. I was on Hacker News, which is a horrible addiction, but somewhat useful, and. It was like there was like a thread like what are your best life hacks and one of the guys was like buy a globe and just look at it and see <laughs> like so so what was the Vina del Mar Vina del Mar okay Lunaca. so let's see here that's like it's south like east, of the thirty degree coast, line, or latitude line it's East Coast time I believe I believe yeah well you're no you're two hours ahead of me so I think you're a little bit further than East Coast time. Okay. Because uh, New York time would be one hour ahead of me, and gotcha. you're two hours. But yeah, so you are right below the 30-degree line, and the 30-degree line in the northern hemisphere is right around Jacksonville and Daytona Beach, Florida. So yeah, a lot warmer. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. But um, part of one of the reasons, just kind of go back to the community aspect I, I touched mm-hmm. upon in New York, Part of the reasons I, I've been enjoying Exosphere in Chile so much thus far is I think so often we forget that community is everything, right? Um, yeah. there's, that pop, there's that popular phrase, you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. And at first I kind of didn't really believe it, but having been in places where I didn't really have that community, I've started to realize how truly important it is mm-hmm. um, because if you don't have a strong community, like you'll get lost, you know, and that's not to say you have to have people who like are parrots and only believe what you do. Um, I've been talking with people here in Exosphere that we don't believe the same things at all, but I can respect that, you know, and I'm challenged by their beliefs and ideologies, but just the general sense of people who are wanting to do amazing things for their life, surrounding yourself with those people has been super beneficial for me. Right. And that's, that's so awesome. And yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you don't have to believe the same things, but um, it's often like the level of motivation, the level of drive, uh, just like the propensity to dream and shoot for big things, Being surrounding yourself with those kind of people, or at least having regular contact with those kind of people I found is very important. And you're definitely right. 
Um, I mean, jump in on Skype with you. I mean, even though we haven't met in person, like I can honestly say you've encouraged me during times when I was not doing very well and I'm hopefully vice versa, that kind of thing. I, I mean, I look calling you in New York and asking you for advice. So, I mean, even if you don't have that community locally, you can definitely still find a community to help you kind of achieve your goals, you know? And so often as an entrepreneur type, you think you have to do everything alone, but the reality is you can't do everything alone. You can't do anything alone. You have mm-hmm. to have that support group. So for those like in college or looking to figure out what to do, my biggest suggestion would just to be surround yourself with people who are doing great things and it will kind of carry you, you know, it'll carry your ambition. Yeah. And you made a good point. It doesn't have to be locally. I had a, I had a reader email me and they were like, my group of friends is great. You know, they're, but they're not super ambitious. They're not like entrepreneurial type. And should I like go find new friends, like move or like find a new college so I can find friends like that. And what I told them is for me, I mean, most of my friends are with few exceptions. Most of my friends are not like the super ambitious entrepreneurial travel the world kind of people. And and that's totally cool. I mean, like I'm a nerd. I love anime. I love video games. Uh, so those are the kind of people that I ended up making friends with in college and I love them to death. They're so awesome. Um, but I've been able to keep myself motivated just by surrounding myself online with people like you, people like my friend Alex down in Austin and oh, all Alex. kinds of other people. Yeah, dude, Alex is killing it. He's so cool. Like all these other people that I just keep in contact with regularly online. As long as you like build a community that you can, you can talk to regularly, wherever they are, like that will help you so much. Absolutely, man. Cool. So, uh, I think it's about time to wrap up and before you go, uh, how can people get in contact with you and see the kind of stuff you're building these days? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feel free to tweet me, uh, a boundless world, a B O U N D L E S S world, or, um, check out my blog, aboundlessworld.com. If you're also interested in exosphere, um, we'll put the link on the, the webpage as well. It's yeah, I'll definitely of, do that. That'd be great. And yeah, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or you're just looking to kind of talk to someone who's wanting to do great things. Feel free to reach out. Awesome. And since you mentioned your blog uh, on this podcast, then you're committing yourself to writing more now, right? <laughs> Indeed, I am. That's one, one of the, the, the side projects I'm working on at Exosphere is uh, kind of just revamping my writing. That's something that brings a lot of value and joy to myself. So you've heard it on there, guys. I will recommit to the world of blogging all right i'll be watching it dude sounds good thanks so much you have a great day thanks for being on the show no problem thanks for having me see you dude boom well i hope you learned a lot from this interview with bud if you want to connect with him you heard all his contact things that he talked about just a few seconds ago if you want to connect with me i'm at tom frankly on twitter as always i don't change it very often and um once again show notes CIGpodcast.com, find that link and you'll get all the cool things we talk about, quotes, links, extras, all that good stuff. If you like this episode and you want to support the show, hit it up on iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It helps bump the show up in the rankings, get it visible to more people and make it more successful. Also, I would love to hear your feedback. If there's something you want to improve about the show, if there's something you like and want to hear more of, let me know. I take that feedback very seriously. This is for you, not for me. So I would like to hear from you. With that said, I want to make this podcast a more regular thing. Um, For the most part, I had released an episode once a month ever since last January when I launched. I missed it in March because of the redesign and a lot of other things. But I want to get back into it and make it even more frequent. So I'm going to try to do an every uh, biweekly 
episode and hopefully that'll get you more, even more content, more guests and insights uh, to learn from. With that said, that's all I have to say. So I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.